Every seven years, on the year following Shemitah, will be called Shnas Hakel. The reason for this is because there was a special mitzvah that on the first day of Cholam all the Eden will gather in the Besamikdash and the king will read uh, parts of the Torah from the Sefer Torah. These events are recorded in the Gemara. The whole procedure is described in the Mishnah, Masach Soita, Tafmem Aleph, Amud Aleph. And not each Hakel gathering went uneventful. We will talk today about a specific event that took place with the King Agrippas. Welcome to another episode of En Yaakov Beyond the Story. So the Gemara, the Mishnah describes <coughs> the whole um, procedure of uh, the reading. And it begins by telling us that the king will be sitting in the Azara and then the chazan of the Besakneses that was in the Besamikdash will take out the Sefer give it to the Roishakneses, to the, the head of the shul, who would in turn pass it to the Skan Kohen Godel, the deputy Kohen Godel, who would pass it to the Kohen Godel, and then the Kohen Godel will give it over to the, to the king. The king would then stand up, take the Sefer and then sit down and read it again. However, the Mishnah tells us that Agrippa Samelech um, actually did it a bit differently. The Mishnah says, Agrippas HaMelech Omad Vekibel Vekara Oimet Veshipru Chachomi. The King Agrippas stood up, took the Sefer from the Kohen Gadol, and remained standing and read the Sefer while standing, which was not the norm. And the Chachamim praised him. The reason why Agrippas did this was because out of respect for the Sefer he felt that he should reading standing up. Even though the kings always sat, that was because of the honor of the king. Same reason why so many intermediaries um, were passing the Sefer one to another until it reached the king is to point out the covet of the king that his honor is not equal to anybody else. There are many different levels, different layers um, of leadership that, uh, that go through until he actually gets the Sefer showing that he's above everybody. And because of that COVID, the kings usually sat in the Besamikdash. And yet, the king Agrippas stood when he read the Torah. Just, just in passing, um, Malch, only Malchabes David were allowed to sit in the Azara. Everybody else always stood in the Azara. Mefashim answered that this was in the Ezra's Nashim. And in the Ezra's Nashim, even someone who was not from Malchus Beis David, uh, was not from the Melech David's din- dynasty, which only ruled in the Baizrishan. So other kings like Malche Israel or the Malche Beis Hashmonai, who Agrippas was part of, normally would uh, not sit. In the Besamikdash, however, in the Zrasnoshim, they would be allowed to sit. But Agrippas wanted to stand. So he stood and he read. And then, When he reached the Pasuk in which the Torah says that you shall not appoint a king 
who's a foreigner, someone who is not your brother, Zalgu of the Mois, his uh, his eyes flowed with tears. And Rashi explained he felt that perhaps he wasn't fit to be a king. I will explain soon who Agrippas was from his paternal ancestry, was not a Jewish. He was Jewish from his mother's side. So he felt perhaps he wasn't fit. The Eden told him, Don't worry. King Agrippas, you are our brother. And this is uh, the end of uh, this part of the Mishnah. But this event is uh, followed in the Gemara. In the next page, in what seems to be a continuation of uh, this event, the Gemara says, Tana Mishum Klia. It was taught in the name of Reb Nossen that at that moment, the Yidden were sentenced to annihilation. Why? Because they, they just were flattering Agrippas HaMelech. So let me just put a little bit of, a, of an historical background. Let's, let's put this whole story in context. Um, the kings in Baizrishan were descendants of um, David HaMelech. However, in time of Baizrishan, there were no kings. Then after the story of Hanukkah, the Hashmonaim established a, a kingdom that was called Malchus based Hashmonaim. At one time, at one point, one of the slaves of a king from the Hashmonaim killed the whole family of the Hashmonaim and uh, made himself, declared himself to be the king. He was Hurudus. He claimed to have married one of the daughters of the Hashmonaim uh, king and therefore that makes him a prince and now that they're all dead, he could be the king. He was very forceful and uh, very fierce as a king. Not, uh, of course, he was not Jewish. And um, therefore, he was not necessarily uh, so good for the Jews. As a matter of fact, he has done a lot of things um, to build Yerushalayim and uh, other parts of Eretz Yisrael uh, to match uh, the Greek and Roman architecture and, and culture and so on. And his uh, children, grandchildren, were also kings. Um, and for the most part, they were not appropriate king, kings, and actually they were not even Jewish. A grandson of Horodus was Agrippas I, who neither mother or father was Jewish. And um, he did not really follow the, uh, the way of Hashem. But, uh, but he did marry a Jewish woman. And his son, Agrippa II, was therefore a Jewish king. He was a Jew from his mother's side. And Rashi points this out over here, that he was a Jew from his mother's side, but not from his father's side. So here is the thing. This Agrippa II actually was very pious. He was, he was a firm king. And uh, he was very good for the Chachamim. The Gemara says in another place, Agrippas Melech Kosher Hoya. He was, he was a Kosher king. He was, was a good king. It says in many places, all kind of different praises about him that everybody kept Pesach during his kingdom and things like this. So Agrippas wanted to 
do the um, the mitzvah of Hakel properly, and and it was done throughout his uh, his life. He reigned over the Besa, the Baisheni for the last twenty five years of Baisheni. Um, Besamikdash was destroyed in his days, and uh, which there were a lot of uh, political hustling going on at that time. But we we'll leave this for another uh, for for another episode. So. Really, the context of this hakel that Agrippas did was that he actually had a lot of respect. He had a lot of respect for the Besamikdash, for the Torah. And he didn't want to sit down to read the Torah, wanted to read it standing up. Which the Gemara then says, normally a king is not allowed to forfeit his covet. And he should not have been allowed to stand up and read when in fact the covet of the king is to sit. And yet, Shibchu Chachamim, the Chachamim praised him for him for it, meaning that he did the right thing. And the Gemara says, because for a mitzvah is different. For a mitzvah, a king is allowed to forfeit his covet for the sake of a mitzvah. In this case, the mitzvah of Hakel, wanted him, want, wanting to do it to, in the most glorifying way for Hashem, he stood up, Shibchu Chachamim. However, when the Gemara continues and says that at that moment, Agripas, at that moment when he cried, which was a sincere cry, he felt perhaps I'm not I'm talking not fi- not fit to be the king, because it says do not appoint someone who's a foreigner, and his father wasn't Jewish, he was a descendant of Hordus who was not Jewish on either side. And he was very sincere in his cry. However, people told him, Achinu Ata, you are a brother. As she says, the fact that his mother was Jewish makes, makes him take our brother. Then in that case, why is the Gemara saying something so harsh? This is the moment in which Yidden were sentenced to annihilation. In other words, this was the first, um, the first blow of the whole process that turned out to be Golus and Choban Besamikdash, because they were flattering a king. By the way, the Iyun Yaakov, which is a Pirush on the Enyakov, written by the Yaakov Ben Chaviv, the, the author of Enyakov, says that from the wording of, of the Gemara, at that moment is when the Yidden um, were sentenced, because what was wrong was only the Hanifus, only the, the flattery, not the Chachamim praising him. So he's clarifying here that we could really separate this event in two parts. When the Chachamim praised him for being sensitive to the Kedusha of the Besamikdash and the Mitzvah of Hakel and doing it standing up, that was a bona fide praise. And there was nothing wrong with it. But when they say, Achinu ato, achinu ato, so then Be'oisosho at that moment, that is what was wrong with it. Toisves is asking, why do we call it Hanifa? Why do we call it, why do we call it um, uh, flattery by saying Achinu ato? If his mother was Jewish, he's our brother, he's, he's full-fledged Jew. So then what was wrong by telling him, Agrippas, you're, you're a brother? Seems to be appropriate and, and uh, legitimate uh, legitimate praise uh, 
not not flattery. Taisvis explains that when it comes to all types of other leadership position, one could be appointed as such a position, even if his mother, if, even if his father is not Jewish, because Alpidin is Jewish. However, when it comes to Malchus, when it comes to kingdom, the pasuk says twice the word Mikerev Achicha. It says first Mikerev Achicha Tasim from amongst you, your brothers, you will appoint a king as a mitzvah sase. And then it repeats and says, you, should, you shall not appoint a king who is a foreigner, Ishnochi. It has to be Mikerev Achicha Tasim In that case, Agrippa should not have been a king. And by saying Achinu Ata was it true, was Jewish, but he was unfit to be the king and the Yidden should have simply be quiet and not react and not respond to his weeping. Ben Yoyeda is asking, the Gemara later says that because in case of a fear, if there is a Russia who is in charge, you're allowed to you're allowed to praise him and give him flattery in order to appease him because you're scared that maybe he's going to hurt you. So therefore, by saying Achinuata is mean, the right thing to do politically. He's the king. He feels bad. Make him, you know, give him some flattery. Make him feel good. It'll be nice for us. So, so then why were they punished for that? Ben Yoyada says that Agrippas, they had nothing to fear. As we mentioned before, Melech Kosher Hoyo, he was a good king. He would not have hurt them. His weeping was sincere and he was not expecting or waiting or asking for their approval and for the praise or for, the, for flattery. And really, they should have just leave it at that. The Ebbe is asking about this situation. Why the Mishnah is not saying anything about any negative outcome from the flattery? All the Mishnah is saying is, Shibchu Chachamim, the Chachamim praised him, and then he cried, and then Israel said, so it seems that there was nothing wrong with this event if we leave it up to the Mishnah. And yet the Gemara comes and tells us that no, this, um, this was cause for serious punishment. So there seems to be a contradiction between the Mishnah and the Gemara then. The Rebbe offers an innovative explanation to this. He said that in fact, perhaps we're talking about two separate events. For sure that in the years of the Malchus of uh, Agrippas, there were more than one Hakel. As a matter of fact, I mentioned before that he reigned in the last 25 years of the Besamikdash, so there were many times, many Hakel poss- possibly have happened. And uh, now we're talking about two separate uh, Hakel gatherings. In some, in the first case, it was appropriate and praiseworthy, and in the second place, in the second case, it was considered to be just flattery. To explain this, we first have to see what was the question. In other words, what may have been the problem with Agrippa's reading? So, on one hand, we could argue that the question is on his very malchus: is his kingdom legitimate? Um, is he appropriate, is he fit to reign as a king of Bnei Israel, being that his mother was Jewish? 
or are we we or we say like Toysfus that the fact that when it comes to a king twice it was said so therefore Agrippas was not appropriate to be the king so we could say that this was really the problem with Agrippas reading or with the praise given to him was it bichlal was it was was he um, fit or was it legitimate for him to read the Hakel? Or we could look at it completely from a different direction. The question is not about the Malchus. Because everybody agrees that when it comes to Malchus, his kingdom wasn't really uh, ultimate, um, wasn't really totally fit to be a king, as we explained earlier. So therefore, the question really would be, if reading the Torah at the Hakel gathering must be dafke through a king. If we say that it must be done dafke through a king, being that he wasn't an optimal king, so therefore he shouldn't have been reading. And that was the problem. The very fact that he read, being that Hakel has to be read by a king. Or perhaps in case that there is no king, if there is no appropriate king, who should read? So the God of Shabbat, whoever is the leader of the generation, is the one who has to, to, has to read. As a matter of fact, the Rambam, when he talks about this mitzvah, he says, mitzvah lehakil eskol Israel. It is a mitzvah to gather all of the Israel. It doesn't say it is mitzvah ala melech lehakil. It is a mitzvah on the king to gather the Bnei Israel. The mitzvah is for Bnei Israel to gather. It should be gathered by whoever is the leader at the time. Then, as a matter of fact, the Elbag writes, it could be a Melech, a Kohen Godel, the Nasi. The Bravanel writes, Hagodel Shebaam, Melech Hoshefet. It could be a king, it could be the ruler, it could be the, the judge, whoever it is. So, if that's the case, even though he wasn't um, a, a full fledged king, he could read, he could read um, the Sefer because he is. The, the, the higher authority of uh, Bnei Israel at that point. So if we say that this was really the Shaila, the Shaila would be whether it must be a king, and then if it must be a king, he's not a king, he should not read, or it doesn't have to be a king, it could be anybody else who is at a high, at a high position, in that case, he could, yes, read. So based on this, we could say that it all depends on how the Chachamim ruled at the time. It could be that in the first time, in the first event, the event that is brought in the Mishnah, the Chachamim had read, had uh, ruled, that he is, he is the one who's supposed to be reading. Even if he's not a bona fide king in the, in the ultimate way, but nonetheless is the leader, so he should be reading. So therefore, the fact that he read and the fact that he stood up in the Azarah, the Chachamim praised him, Shibchu Chachamim. And even when he genuinely cried, saying, no, maybe I shouldn't be the king because I'm not uh, fully one of you, the Bnei Yisrael told him, achinu ato, achinu ato. for that position in which you are, it's good enough. You, you, you're one of us and you could read. However, seven years later, 14 years later, whenever it was, that the Chachamim of the time have paskin 
that no, being that he, he presents himself as a king and is not an, a, a, an appropriate king by all accounts, so therefore he should not read. And when he read, and the Bnei Israel and he realized that he shouldn't be reading, that second time, Bnei Israel said, Achinuata, that was considered, that time was considered a Hanifa, that time it was considered just flattery, because the Chachamim had ruled that he shouldn't, that he's not the appropriate king. That actually would fit in with the Pirush of the Iyun Yaakov that I mentioned earlier. I mentioned that Iyun Yaakov said, at that time, at that moment. Meaning, maybe we could say that the first time around, it was, it was fine. But in that second time around, when they say, that time they should have better have been quiet. Now, let's see. Um, let's understand this a little, a little more, and let's see how we could apply it to us, especially this year in the year of Hakel. Now, according to the opinion that Hakel has to be Dafke through a king, and it's interesting because what is the king doing? He's reading Torah in order to get the people to Shamru. Um, they, they would keep Hashem's mitzvahs, awaken within them Yira and so on. You would think that such a thing should, should be said by the Sanhedrin, by the Avbeisdin, by Dafke the king. Especially if we say that according to our previous opinion, the fact that it was wrong when Agrippas read it because he wasn't fully a king. Because it has to be Dafke the king. Why Dafke a king? The Iker in the Hakel gathering was the Kriya Batayra, the reading of the Torah, and not the learning of it. To the point which the Rabbam writes that the Kriya has to be said Dafke in Lashon HaKodesh. Hakel has to be read in the way it is written in the Sefer Torah in Lashon HaKodesh. What happens if somebody doesn't understand Hebrew? The Rabbam says that he's Yetzer. He's Mekayim the Mitzvah. He was there, but he has to be Mechaven. He has to prepare himself and have that intention that he is awakening within himself this year as Shamaim and he's taking upon himself to keep Hashem's, uh, Hashem's mitzvahs. Because that's, that's the whole point. So what do you see here? You see that the Iker is the Kriya, not the learning. So therefore you don't need the, the Sanhedrin, the Avbeisdin, the Chachamim to go and really explain it to you. It's all about reading in a way in which everybody is equal. When you just have to hear words and the point is not about explanations so then at any level everybody is equal and this is why Dafke the king has to read it because the king everybody is bottled to the king why is everybody nullified in front of the king not because they understand the mile of the king but the very metzias of the king calls for the bitul of the very metzias of the am alternatively we could explain that it is written that hamelech liboy left kol kal israel the, the king, the heart of the king, is the heart of all of Klal Yisrael. In other words, the king contains within himself the heart of all of Israel. So therefore, when the king is the one who reads parts of the Torah that are here to awaken our Yerashamayim and our resolve, 
to keep Hashem's mitzvahs. It is Davke when he reads it, when the king reads it, that has the effect on everybody. Because it's the heart of everybody and this end result, the end game we're looking at over here depends on our heart. So he could, could awaken within our heart. comes Davke through the king. And that being that the king encompasses all of Klal Yisrael, that has an effect also on the children, which Hakel requires a gathering of Anoshim, Nashim Vataf, and all those, those darges are equally affected, Dafke, because it is the king who reads it. But then, if we go by the opinion that says that is Godol Shebaam, not necessarily a king, especially when you don't have a king, so then, the Hebe explains that this is an obligation that is incumbent on all of us, because everybody is a king in his own environment. A Rav is the king on his kehila. A Melamed is a, a king on his classroom. A head of a family is the king of his family. A team leader, um, uh, the one who has the most influence on his friends. Every single one of us not only has the ability, but during this year, the Shnaz HaKel has the obligation to have an effect on his environment by gathering them in any context that is possible and let them hear words of Torah in a way that will influence them not only for that moment, not only for the days of Sukkot or the month of Tishrei, but on the daily life of every single day of the year. And he ratzen that by us doing our part in Hakel, we will be zoiche that Yamoid Melech mi Beis David, that once again we will be led by a king of David's dynasty. Melech HaMashiach, that even Ebes Amikdosh Bimkoimoi, Vikabesitri Israel. So we'll have the Beis Amikdosh built with that special platform that was made for him to read the, the Torah on Hakel, and everybody will be there because Mashiach will gather all of Bnei Yisrael in Yerushalayim and the Hakel then will be Kipshutoi, let it be Tekefumiyad Mamesh.